We can take our seats. Thank you, worship team. That was amazing. Love worship, man. Love, love worship. Amen. Anyway, good morning, guys. Morning, morning, morning. How are we? We good? Good. Amen. So I'm Alex. I'm the youth and the young adult pastor here. And this is my second time I get to preach. I'm so excited. And um, so, yeah, and uh, this is, let's do this. Let's do this. So let's pray. Dear God, I pray that this morning you will speak to the depths of our souls as we learn about a whole new aspect of who you are. Holy Spirit, empower me, use me this morning and do what only you can do and break up the words that come out of my mouth and allow it to speak to everyone listening. Inspire us this morning. Use me as your vessel and release your supernatural power upon us. In Jesus' mighty name we pray, amen. Amen. All right. So I'm rocking the wonder top here because we are in our wonder series. And um, so I have a question. So I was growing up as a Christian. Uh, well, yeah, obviously I'm a Christian. And I would hear all the time this phrase. I wonder if you've heard it too. The Lord is our shepherd. You have a problem. You have an issue. You're battling with something. The Lord is your shepherd. But have you ever stopped to think, What does the Lord is my shepherd actually mean? Because for me, I don't know about you, but I didn't really connect with this. So last year in November, I went to Israel for the Holy Land tour with Zio Church. And it was so amazing. And I was super excited when Pastor Matt said that he wanted me to preach in the new year because I really felt God was speaking to me. On that trip, I really felt that these words were connecting and these were the words of wonder, awe and soul. And so when he announced that we were starting the new year with There Is More theme on a series called Wonder, I was so eager. I was like, yes, God, you are speaking to me. This is going to be amazing. I'm going to preach on everything you've been speaking to me about, about wonder and the soul. And then Pastor Matt gives me the scripture of what we'd be talking about today. And I would be lying to say that I was jumping with enthusiasm when I got told I got this scripture because we, across this wonder series, so far, we've been looking at some awesome names of who our God is. And they all capture different expressions of our God. You've got the God who heals, Jehovah Jireh. Uh, Sorry, Jehovah Rapha. You've got the God who provides, Jehovah Jireh. You've got the God of peace, Jehovah Shalom. These are powerful. And yes, you want these in your life. You want peace. You want the God who provides. You want a God who heals. But then when you read the God is who is our shepherd, I was a bit like, mm, this doesn't have the same oomph or power that the other names carry God. Jehovah Hori, shepherd. This is not what I was expecting, Lord. I mean, I'm a city, born and bred, London girl. And when I was growing up, I didn't see many shepherds. And now living in the countryside of Hertfordshire, I still don't see sheep or shepherds. Now, oh, I'm going to put this here. (laughs) Now, of course, I've seen sheep. 
of course. Especially visiting my grandma in Wales. You're surrounded by them. Wales, yes. Every year you're surrounded by them in Wales. And also when I would go back to Italy, uh, my family grew up in the villages and I got to experience farm life. But honestly, a shepherd has no connection to the way I live or the way we live our lives today. Maybe it does for you. Maybe you have a farm. But for me, when I read the Lord is my shepherd, there is an initial disconnection to what this means for my life and how I should view God. It's crazy to think that we literally know and experience just a drop in the ocean of who our God is. There is so much more to him. And there will always be this wonder, this mystery. And he invites us to take part in with him so that we can understand who he really is. And so I'm grateful today that I get to break down with you what the Lord being our shepherd actually means, so that we can start to live in this revelation and understanding of who he is. Because each name gives us a perspective of God, the attributes and traits of his amazing character. So I pray today that as we look at this beautiful psalm and we break down together what it means, that he will speak to the depths of your soul. And that for all of us listening, we'll begin to view God in a new way as our father and as our shepherd. So if you've got your Bibles, I mean, it's going to be on the screen as well. But if you've got your Bibles, let's turn to the book of Psalms 23, verse 1 to 3. And I'm going to be reading from the NIV translation. And it says this. The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right paths for his name's sake. Before we break down into the four learnings from this passage, I want to give some context to this scripture. And I want us to understand the choice of words that David decided to use. So this psalm was written by King David. And he starts describing the Lord as a shepherd. Because unlike Alex Marini, who has no connection with shepherds, David is actually writing from his own experience because he spent his early years caring for sheep. He was a shepherd. Now, when we look at the breakdown of the word shepherd in Hebrew, it's this word here on the screen. And it literally means to graze, to feed, to tend, pasture of ruler and teachers. In other words, David is declaring, the Lord is my shepherd. He's saying, the Lord is the one who feeds my heart. The Lord is the one who tends to my needs. The Lord is the one who rules me. The Lord is my teacher. He is the one who teaches me. After declaring, the Lord is my shepherd, he then boldly says, I lack nothing. What a strong statement. Can you and I say that about our lives? I lack nothing. This word lack means we won't be without. We have everything that we need. And 
While I was preparing for this preach, I came across the definition of the word filled and its stronger meaning, satiate. And again, when we look at the Greek meaning of this word now on the screen, it literally means to feed with herbs, grass, hay, to fill and satisfy men, to fulfill and satisfy the desire of anyone, which is interesting and some powerful use of words from a person who was once a shepherd. David starts this psalm declaring, the Lord is my shepherd, I lack nothing. And by breaking down the Hebrew and Greek meaning of this word, we already get a better picture, um, breakdown, an idea of our Lord being our shepherd who teaches us, who feeds us, so that we will be so full that we will be completely satisfied. And so this leads to my first point, if you're making notes. Point number one, he is our teacher. I want you to imagine that you are a sheep, okay? (laughs) Now, sheep are completely dependent on the shepherd for provision, for guidance, for protection. In the Amplified Version, it says, the Lord is my shepherd to feed, to guide, and to shield me. So we are sheep, but you might be saying, Alex, I don't want to be a sheep. I want to be, um, I want to be an eagle, a lion, an elephant. But God is like, no, you guys are sheep. Uh, because if the Lord is our shepherd, then we are sheep. But what does that mean? Well, as we learn, the word shepherd also means teacher, one who teaches us. And as sheep, we need to be fully dependent on God and allow him to lead us and to teach us. Now, I don't want you to view a sheep as a frightened, passive animal, but instead view them as obedient followers. As what I believe the scripture is focusing on is not the animal-like qualities of a sheep, but actually more the discipleship qualities of those who follow. And when we recognise that our God is a good shepherd, we must follow our teacher. So I have a question for all of you. Who is your teacher? We need to be wise enough to follow the one who will lead us in the right places and in the right ways. Because when we allow God, our shepherd, to teach us, we find contentment. However, if we choose to be a sheep who goes their own way, if we choose to sin, if we choose to lead our own lives, then we can't blame God for the environment we created for ourselves. How? How can we let God be a shepherd who teaches us? Well, we need to start by actively reading the Word of God. The Bible, it's not just a book, it speaks back to us. It's full of life. And when we choose to follow, God uses our time reading it to teach us, to point us to truth, to answer prayer, to transform our thinking with the Holy Spirit speaking directly to us, revealing his ways, sit at his feet. I've been loving this uh, Soul Survivor Bible in a Year book that we started at the beginning of the year. 
um, as a church. We're currently in the month of February, and it's actually been looking at the book of Samuel and Kings, which is all about King David's life. It's quite fitting because we're looking at Psalms. And the best thing about this book is that you can start on any day. Just read. Because this, reading his word, is how he teaches us. In the New Testament, uh, the book of Timothy, Paul knew the value of studying the Bible. And he encouraged Timothy to study and memorize what God said. It says here, 2 Timothy 3.16, All scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness, so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. As a student, listening to our teacher, reading the word, we will become more like Christ. We need a daily exchange of our thoughts, our fears, our worries, our doubt, despair, anger, bitterness, and exchange it for God's thoughts. Philippians 4.8 tells us that we should think about whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy. We can transform our thoughts by reading God's word and wisely choosing what we listen to, what we read, what we view and follow our teacher. Point one, he's our teacher. Point two, a second learning from verse one of Psalm 23, by the way. He feeds our soul. David follows the statement with, I lack nothing. In some of the translations, it says, I have all that I need. I don't need a thing. When we allow our God to teach us, to rule us, to tend us, he feeds us and we won't lack but instead, like a sheep, will be so filled. As we read before when we were breaking down the Greek word, filled literally means to feed with herbs, grass, hay, to fill and satisfy men, to fulfill and satisfy the desire of anyone. Now, I'm not saying you should eat on grass, <laughs> hay or herbs, although I highly advocate being a vegetarian. But I believe what God is actually talking about is how he feeds the depths of our souls so that we are spiritually, spiritually full and satisfied. How? Well, he feeds our soul through his word, yes, but also through worship, through prayer, through encountering his presence, a full feast. When we're hungry physically, we need food. And our souls also desire to be filled because we can't run on empty. Like sheep who graze, who are endlessly chewing and digesting their food, we also need to be constantly grazing and digesting his word, meditating on it day and night. And we also need to be communicating to him daily through prayer daily worshipping him and daily encountering his presence. Why? Because when we do, we find emotional fulfillment, physical healing, mental stability, spiritual sustainability. Our souls will lack nothing. When we are living a life with Jesus, 
inviting him into our lives. And when we allow his word, prayer, worship, his presence to cultivate and satisfy us, our souls will be so fattened and satisfied. That's point two. Point three, he guides our heart. After verse one, David then declares, he says this, he makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right paths for his name's sake. That's in the NIV. In the NLT, he lets me rest in green meadows. He leads me beside peaceful streams. He renews my strength. He guides me along right paths, bringing honour to his name. This is a pretty beautiful picture David is describing. Our shepherd knows the green meadows, the peaceful streams, the quiet waters that will restore us and bring rest to our troubled hearts. With God, we can lie down, we can stretch out, we can rest. However, we will reach these tranquil places that David is describing only by following God obediently. Rebelling against our shepherd's leading is actually rebelling against our own best interests. And we must remember this the next time we're tempted to go our own way rather than the shepherd's way. And so looking at these three points so far, when God is our shepherd, our teacher, leading us, guiding us, feeding us, we won't lack, but we will be completely filled and satisfied. And then he makes us lie down, restoring our strength, our souls, allowing us to stretch out in green pastures and peaceful streams. I mean, what a perfect picture. However, for me, there have been many different times and seasons where I have not been operating in this beautiful picture that David is describing. There have been many times where I've not been resting, where I have been living life my own way, where I've been on empty, nothing in my spiritual tank completely unsatisfied. And you know what? As I look back to these moments, it's always when I've been far from God, always when I've not been praying, when I haven't been reading scripture, when I haven't surrendered to him being my shepherd. You know, God wants to guide our hearts. He wants to strengthen our souls in all seasons. He lets us catch a breath and he sends us in the right direction. When we are in Christ, he becomes our shepherd, our ruler, our teacher, our Lord and saviour of our lives. And we need to let him regulate and feed our souls. And so this leads to my last point, which is, he is our protector. Sheep are needy. Sheep are needy animals. They need looking after because they aren't predators. Sheep are prey. 
They aren't aggressive animals and they can't defend themselves against predators. They are gentle, but they're easily frightened and nervous creatures. And basically, sheep need a shepherd to protect them. Otherwise, they'll most probably die on their own. And we don't want to admit it, but we are needy human beings. We don't think we need a teacher, a shepherd, but we actually really, really do. We need to be fully dependent on our God to protect us and to keep us. In the rest of Psalm chapter 23, it describes that even when death and our enemies are right in front of us, he walks by our side and he lifts our head up. I don't know what your enemies are. Maybe you're experiencing something that is out of your control or you might be facing and experiencing pain, suffering, disease, injury, loss or difficulty. We can just rely on our own strength and courage, but that alone won't overcome these things or even death. The only one who can walk with us through what you are currently experiencing, through what you are facing, through death's darkest valley and bring us safely to the other side is our God of life, our shepherd. Life is uncertain and we should follow God, our shepherd, who protects us and he offers us eternal comfort. Talking about protection... In ancient Eastern culture, if you or I were to host um, like an, a dinner, holding a feast in our homes, it was expected that as a host, we are to protect our guests at all costs. And it was also customary to actually anoint the people with a fragrant oil. And as we read further in verse 5, It says, you prepare a feast for me in the presence of my enemies. You honour me by anointing my head with oil. God, our shepherd, he offers us the ultimate protection like a host. Even when in life we are surrounded, for those who follow him, he promises to guide and to protect us through life and bring us into his house forever. So to conclude, when God becomes our shepherd, he is the one who fathers and oversees our soul. He teaches us, feeds us, guides us and protects us. Our words, our actions, they will be transformed. But it's our decision to surrender to God, our shepherd, to follow him. We need to surrender and be prepared to be led. So I actually want to close. I feel like this has gone really quickly, but (laughs) it's good. I want to close in a time of prayer. Um, I would love it if we could all stand and I would love the worship team to come back and I would love the prayer team to actually come to the front.
And um, I don't know where you are on the faith scale, if you're a new Christian, if you've been a Christian for a long time, but I want to pray for you. We want to pray for you. And we actually want to anoint you with oil. I remember back in the day when we were in, in the Zio Center, I used to, every time there was anointing for oil, I would always come to the front. Just always wanted to be anointed, anointed, anointed. And so whatever you are personally experiencing right now in your life, whatever you need to surrender back to God, I want to invite you to step forward, to receive prayer and to let God meet with you and anoint you. Why? Be bold. I surrender God. I want you God to lead me. I want you, God, to guide me. I need you, God, to feed the depths of my soul. I want your protection, Father. I need you, God, in every area of my life. If that is your soul's cry, then come forward. But also, if you don't know God, if you've never made that decision before, now is an opportunity to also invite Jesus who is the good and great shepherd that offers salvation freely for you. Come and invite him into your life. So if that's you, if you're one of those two people, if you want to come and surrender whatever it is that you need leading, guiding, protection, that you need to be refed, come forward. Let God meet with you. Let him anoint you. made that decision to have Jesus in your life come forward too. Amen Jesus.